Welcome to another inspirational message from Northwest Church. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information on what your next step may be, please visit our website at northwestchurch.com.au. I want to read a passage of scripture that you will never have heard of before. It says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Just pause. I want you to just take in God inspiring this to the psalmist David to you. That God inspires the psalmist David so that it would reach down through time, not to reach me, but to reach you and reach you personally. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love or goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Uh, I'm not going to preach from Psalm 23 tonight. I just want to point us to something in it because I want to talk about valleys. Uh, everybody in this room at some point in their life, if they're not in one right now, will go through a valley, multiple valleys across the course of their, their life. And if you live to an age old enough, you'll go through lots of valleys. And so I want to talk about that tonight. I want to talk about how we move through and how we set up for beyond um, the valleys of life. And here's what I want us to see before we go any further. Is that in Psalm 23, we see that it says, even, uh, when I go through the valley of the shadow of death, or even though you are with me. And then after that is a comma. Life is never meant to end in the valley. It's not a full stop, it's a comma, it's moving on. It starts with who God is and how God is towards us. You know, he leads us beside still waters, quiet streams, he restores my soul. It starts with all of that. It will, it will end with, or it moves on to he anoints my head with oil. He prepares a table, a banquet table or table of victory is actually what it's talking about for me. Says he's going to do that. So favor is coming for those who would pursue God with their life. Favor is coming. He's leading us. His favor is coming. Goodness and love or goodness and mercy, depending on the version, will follow us all the days of our lives. That's what we can expect to be chasing us down. And, um, and, and ultimately, it says, he will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This life is passing away. Like I said this morning, it's a, like an Airbnb stopover on the way to our true home. And in between those things is the valley of the shadow of death. It's like a stopover. It's meant to be something we pass through. There's a reason it's got a comma after it is because it's not meant to define the story. It's not meant to be the end. It's not meant to be the thing that our lives are defined by or the thing that most affects our spirit so passing through valley or the valley positioning for life beyond it listen listen to this passage i think it's coming up on the screen as well uh, it says this psalm 84 um, verse 4 blessed are those who dwell in your house they are ever praising you verse 5 um, blessed are those whose strength is in you whose hearts are set on pilgrimage as they pass through the valley of Baca. They make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they change it. 
They go from strength to strength until they appear before God in, in Zion. Um, here we see the Valley of Baca. I don't know what you know about. The Valley of Baca is a place, that, the Valley of Baca was, it, it means a, the, the, the Valley of Wounded or the Valley of Weeping or the Valley of Death. That's what it means. If you've ever seen footage, you can find it where it's been turned into springs, etc. But, but essentially, it's a barren place. It's, it's dry, it's desert-like, you move through it. It's not a place... It, it, it looks worse than my backyard right now. I looked across the backyard. For the first time in my life, my backyard looks as good as everyone else's. And it's because they're all drought-stricken. And, um, and you look across, and where there used to be parcels of grass are now just patches of dirt. That, that's kind of the Valley of Baca. Think of the driest piece of ground you can see around here, and that's the Valley of Baca. It was the Valley of the Wounded. You had to go through it to get to Jerusalem and worship. Um, a lot of people had to pass through this valley. It was, it was like the journey to the temple, and they would pass through Baca Valley. And you and I in life are going to pass through the Valley of Baca, the Valley of Wounded, the Valley of Trouble, the Valley of Tears, the Valley of Death. We're going to pass through that place at some point. And, and so I want us to look at this and how we pass through it. The, the question is not, will I go through valleys, is it? Because you will. The question, the question is, when, when will I? And God's not about to tell you. So here are the questions I would ask, looking at this passage. Not will I go through it, but will I pass through it in my spirit? Because everyone's going to pass through whatever valley you go through. My mum passed away in 2008, um, really prematurely, 59 years old, and over a pretty short period of time. And it was a very painful time. And I remember driving home that, that night from Coffs Harbour to Tamworth, and I stopped on the Tamworth side of Dorigo. There used to be a, I think it's still there, a chair there. It used to be covered over in this tree next to it. And because it was, I don't know the exact date. I deliberately never read so to this day, I still don't know the exact date. I don't want to know. And, um, and I remember I stopped at this little like, table spot and you can look out over the, uh, the valley and the mountains and, um, and the tree was in winter. And all the leaves were gone. And I remember coming back through there sometime later and that tree was full of life and full of colour. That, that's life. We pass through the Valley of Baca. But we can pass through it physically and I could still be um, imprisoned by that in my spirit, but I didn't let it go. My mum was a godly woman. Why did my mum go and you get to stay? Only joking. It's a, a good question, right? But what, you know what I mean? She's a godly woman. Not every one of my relatives is godly. My mum goes early. That doesn't make sense. You, you see how in my spirit I could possibly stay stuck in that place. So the first question, will I pass through it in my spirit? Second question, what will I make it as I pass through it, which is what we see here? And the third question is, what will I emerge into beyond it? Will I pass through it in my spirit? What will I make it as I pass through it? What will I emerge into beyond it? Passing through the valley of Baca. So let's start at the top. It says, blessed are those whose strength is in you. Well, it talks about dwelling in his house, first of all. But blessed are those whose strength is in you. God doesn't say we won't go through valleys, but in he does say that he'll go through all of them with us. And, and, and so, you know, it, it all seems good until we go through the valley, doesn't it? It's like, no, the Bible, whatever. I, I, 22 years old, I became the youth pastor of my local church. Man, it was awesome. I went away for three days, me and one other guy to this campsite. No one was there apart from some staff. 
and we were like praying and fasting. The fasting part wasn't so good. And we were fasting and praying for three days. And this day, some of you have been around a long time, will have heard this story. This day I decided, what else are you going to do? So I go for a walk. And I'm walking along this track at the campsite. And at this, on this track, there was this crossroads. And there were four directions you could go. There was a direction I'd been. And I thought, no, I'm not, God, I'm, I'm just going to make a statement to you. Now, I know this is weird. Stay with me. God, I'm, that's like where I've been, so I'm not going backwards. You know, I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. That was what my mind was thinking. So I'm not going that way, God. I could see at the end of one of the paths was a tent. And I thought, God, well, that represents the temporal and the known. And I'm not going that way either. And over this way was, I could see the end of the track. And I thought, well, well, that doesn't need any faith, God. I'm not going that way either. I'm going to walk this path that I'm on until its very end. I'm not sure where it's going, where it's going to end. But as my statement, God, before you, that's what I'm going to do. So I headed off, walking along the path, praying, thanking God. Thinking, this is a statement. And, um, and then it started to get a bit scrubbier. And that was all right. It kept going, kept pushing through. And, uh, and then it got denser and everything. And then it came to a valley. Straight down, gully, water, straight up. And I stood there and I said, oh God, you know I'm serious. And I was going to leave. And then, there on my own, but thinking, God can see this. thought, no, I'm going through the valley. So I found myself a staff, just got weirder, just like in the Psalms. Found myself this big old branch. Imagine anyone had spotted me, right? Found myself this big old branch, started climbing down the valley of Baca, crossed the bottom of the creek bed up the other side, crawled out, thought, right, I'm there. And then I thought, no, no, I'm going to see it through to the end. So I follow it through, I get out into the clearing, I hit a road, the path ends. thought, I made it. Then it gets weirder. There was a fence, and I thought, no, no, on the other side of the fence were sheep. And well, we all know that sheep represent the people of God. (laughs) And so making sure that no one was looking, I climbed through the fence, sat down in the paddock with the sheep and said, and now I'm home. And you know, that story nearly ended at the valley. Nearly ended at the valley. Imagine what I'd missed out on if I'd just gone, God, you know what I mean. And so many people's lives, Christian and non-Christian, but tonight we'll talk about people of faith, so many people's lives don't actually end at the valley, but they never go beyond the valley. They kind of get stuck in the valley. And that's never God's intent. As they pass through the valley of Baca, something begins to go on. And so, will I pass through it in my spirit? Blessed are those whose strength is in you. He's our light in darkness. He's our peace in trouble or in the storm. He's our joy in trouble. He's our strength when we're weak. And sometimes, you know, God's going to do this. Life's going to throw it at us and life's going to do it. And so is God. It's going to bring us to an end of our strength because at an end of our strength, we make decisions to either choose his strength and rely on him or to opt out and come up with some crazy choice. But at the end of our strength is really just the beginning of God's. And he's going to bring us to valleys where, where our option really is, God, I'm in your hands. Have you ever been there? It's a, it's, it's a liberating place to come to. God has had to bring me there so many times. I'd, you'd think I'd learn. When I feel like I've got it, when I feel like I can carry it, when I think I can do it. And then I wake up one day so many times over the years and I go, God, I'm at an end of myself. I reckon it'll happen again this year because I just don't learn it well enough. God, I'm at an end of myself. I need you now. 
And what I love about God, he doesn't say, you dummy, you never learn. It's like he whispers, I'm already here. I just needed walking through the valley. And so coming out the other side where there, there, there is going to be a day when you come to a valley and how we come through it is in our hands. So blessed are those who dwell in your house. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. You know that strength in him takes faith. It does. Simple faith. I love Hebrews because, well, Hebrews just messes with my head, but I love this line in Hebrews because it, it's designed for simple people like me. It says that those who believe God exists and seek him diligently, he's a rewarder of those people. Don't you love that? I just got to believe he is and be a diligent seeker of him. I mean, all the pressure's gone out of it. Thank God for that. I, I can do that. And just bringing faith to the valley and going, God, I know that you are and I believe you're a water of those who seek you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. And then it says um, this, and I, I, I love this line. It says, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on a pilgrimage. And I think, first of all, set on a pilgrimage, always remember, as we talked about before, that we're heading for home. This is not our home. This is not the end of the story. My mum passed away. I don't know if you've ever been under a local anaesthetic, but I reckon death is like a local anaesthetic. I can't prove it theologically, but I know that absent from the body is present with the Lord, but he's not going to resurrect us to the last day. So how does that work? So I think it's like a local anaesthetic. If you've ever been under a local, you go under, and the next thing, even though eight hours have passed, you wake up and it feels like you never went anywhere. Feel like that's what it'll be. My mum went to sleep. And in the blink of an eye, she'll wake in the presence of God. That is an extraordinary thought. That's, that's where you and I are. We're on our Airbnb journey, but very, very soon we'll be going home. And in that day, we're going to, in the blink of an eye, we're going to be in the presence of the living God. And that's a great day for everyone who believes. Set our hearts on the pilgrimage. We're headed for home. This is just a stopover. But then, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on. I just want to bring it back. Whose hearts are set on. What a person's heart is set on will show up in their life, won't it? Whatever I set my heart on in the valleys of life or any stage of life is going to show up. It's going to show up in my conversations. It's going to show up in my spirit. It's going to show up in the way I live. It's going to show up in the way I walk into the room. Some of you walked in here tonight and we know that precisely that you're in a valley. It's not a criticism. It's just a reality. The way you walked into the room, how you are in your spirit, like it's obvious you're in a valley. Um, that might be less obvious with me, but what's not less obvious is if I'm cranky. That becomes obvious too, doesn't it, Locko? Sorry, son. And, uh, but sometimes we can see. When we're, but, but for us, what's our heart set on? What's a person's heart is set on will show up in their life. When I look at this, um, their hearts were set on something beyond the here and now. Have you ever met someone who's been through a valley? And yet, in their spirit, I would say, it's a, it's a phrase you hear from Christians. It's, um, oh, I was burned by that church. Ever heard someone say that? Now, I know that it happens. I was burned from that church. But what we don't want to do is smell of smoke five years after the fact. Well, we can all get burned from church. Not being funny. If you knew how I'd been treated somewhere in my past, I could be burned from church. But why would I bother smelling of smoke? Why would I live through the valley and set down my heart in the valley? Why would I do that? Um, so, so some people live through it, but they end up smelling of smoke. And then there are others. We've had our, my friend here, Phil Camden, has come and spoke. This guy, he, he's got M&D, um, motor neuron disease. 
Should have been dead three years ago. Still alive, still preaching, still traveling. But he should be passed away. But you know, if we got Phil on a phone line right now, without you physically being able to see him, you would not know that Phil had MND. Why is that? Because in his spirit, it's what his heart is set on. If he were here and he's been here and he says, he says, we're all dying, so get over it. That's encouraging, isn't it? But he's right, isn't he? You sit there and go, yeah, he's right. And he says, I'm just going there sooner. Well, as it turns out, he hasn't gone as soon as we thought. But, but if you caught him on a line, how is it that a guy can go through the valley of the shadow of death and yet still not smell of smoke and still in his spirit be full of life and faith and hope and ministering to others? He'd at least be in, in, entitled to retreat into himself and lock the rest of the world out, wouldn't he? But no, not Phil. We're at our state conference this year. If Phil Camden hadn't have gotten sick, Phil Camden would be the boss of our state. He would be on our national executive. Now, that doesn't mean anything to you, but in pastor world, that's a big deal. And there he is in a wheelchair. We've got to make room for him to get through. I reckon that's got to be pretty humbling. Phil Camden gets to his spot. He looks across. He sees me. He says, it's good to see you, Darren. How are you? Are you serious? We can go through the valley of the shadow of death and we can live with our great spirit it just depends what our heart is set on so here, here are some thoughts what, what's your heart set on some people are fixated on circumstances some are fixated for life on what's happened some people even leverage the valley for their own agenda we know that I remember going to a guy's home when I was young and I used to sell um, products in people's houses don't advise you to do that for a job but I did it and um, this guy had all the photos of his former wife still in the house and he'd gone through the house and coloured them out with black texter. Right? Pulled them down. And he was so bitter of soul. He was so bitter. So many years later, he's an old man by this time. So bitter of soul. man who'd uh, been in the Second World War, risked his life for his nation. I don't know what else he'd done. But here he was, bitter of soul because of his heart was set on. And we can set our hearts on those kinds of things or set our hearts on the great kind of things and move through the valley of the shadow of death. So what's my heart set on? Uh, some of you will know my favorite, favorite, one of my favorite little lines in the Bible. My heart is stirred with a noble theme, Psalm 45 verse 1. When we're in the valleys of life, is your heart set on a noble theme? What are the themes of your heart right now if you're traveling, traveling through the valleys of life here's a question we like to always ask every year what are people stirring in you so what is my heart set on what are the themes strong in your heart right now what are people stirring in you what are other people it's amazing you know those of you who are connect group leaders lead your group well because uh, what i've noticed over the years if you look at the leader give us two years and that will be the group if the leader's negative give it two years almost every single time but if you find a leader who's fired up Watch the group because you'll see over time most of the people in that group will end up fired up. They often end up living with favour. It's incredible. I've been watching it for 14, well, the best part of 14 years now and over and over and over again it is the case because what are people stirring in us? What is God's Word looking to stir in you and what is the Holy Spirit stirring in you? It's the Holy Spirit looking to stir in the valley of the shadow of death as the drought kicks in for some of you what would the holy spirit stir that is contrary to the valley that you're in because that's good for our spirit now here's a here's a bible passage i just want us to use for a moment 
as we look at what we set our heart on. 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, if you're taking notes, chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. These are very powerful couple of verses when it comes to setting my heart on the right things in the valleys of life. 2 Corinthians, I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. Some of you will know it. It's awkward. It's kind of an awkward moment. At least my Bible looks like it's well read. I was going to say it is well read, but it just looks like it, maybe. It's on the screen. Thank you, because I was in 2 Corinthians 4. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Okay. So what would be the weapons of the world in the valley? We don't fight with those. On the contrary, our weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So the valley and its reality sometimes can set itself up against the knowledge of God. And so we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I love that verse. Do you? We take captive every thought. Some versions talk about casting thoughts, um, casting them out, casting them down, making them obedient. So when we're in the valley of the shadow of death, when the thoughts come, when the things come, the Bible says that there is a time to take thoughts captive and to rule over them but it's not just enough. It's like, a, do you know the Bible verse in James? I think it is. It says, resist the devil. And right, it doesn't just say resist the devil. It says something else. It says, and submit to God. You've got to resist the devil. You've got to submit to God. With this one, we cast thoughts out and we put thoughts in. So there are thoughts that need to go and there are thoughts that need to come. And so when we're in life's valleys, what am I going to set my heart on? If there's anything that would cause us to walk in the depths and stay there in our spirit, the Bible says, hey, just take that thought and cast it out and let the thoughts that Jesus would speak rule in our mind. So taking hold of that. We've got to be ruthless in getting rid of some thoughts. Sometimes we're, we're just too timid around things that need to go, aren't we? You, I am. You know, especially my weakness would be my own wife. When Bron and I are having a disagreement about something, um, something happened the other day and where Bron said, hey, Daz, can you think of me in this? And I'd really attempted to think of her in that. And then I realized that actually I had thought of her in that and that the reason there was confusion wasn't me and I won't say who it was. And, um, and I so wanted to ring her and say, that was you, you know. That was you. And I had to, now that I've told all of you, should never do unplanned examples. I had to take that thought and die to it. And then I have to replace it with something. I have to replace it with what the, the Word of God says. So, in the valley of the shadow of death, just to, just to do that um, in Jesus' name. Here's the second thought. What will I make it as I pass through it in the few minutes that we have? What will I make it as I pass through it? It says, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. That right there, that right there is the, belongs to the, or the, is the sphere of the mature. It's the mature that can live in this place. Plenty of people can pass through and get through, but the mature can cut, pass through and change the valley as they go. Well, what does your valley look like? We can change it as they go. I have a little office out there. The musicians gather in the back room, have a time of prayer, um, have something to eat. All the volunteers can use it, but they seem to use it. And, um, um, and, there, and you know, um, that could become a valley of backer out there. 
or they could change it as they pass through. I'm going through there all the time, just going through, passing through them on my way. And they can make that room whatever space they want to. It can be a place of misery and everything that's wrong with the world, or it can be a place of faith. I'm about to go in and lead people into the presence of God. They can make it whatever they choose to. That is incredible power, isn't it? As these guys pass through, the Bible says, not only did they pass through and maintain their spirits, they pass through and change the atmosphere of the places they go. They make it something. They make it something. Um, Bella gets 10 bucks from me today, five for mentioning her outfit this morning, which is beautiful, and five tonight for this story, which I'd already planned in. And um, Bella is... She's a great girl, right? Those of you who know her, I'm not, I am biased, but that's a fact. And um, so Bella, uh, a little while ago, she'd done the little, not the little, the kids conference, 170 kids, lots of you helped. We were very grateful for what God did. And um, I hope she's okay with me telling this too late now. Um, went to school and someone said to her, oh, your church, your church have lights and they let girls speak. I was glad they were so positive about our church. That's awesome. We have lights, we let girls speak. And Bella's response was fantastic. Bella's response was awesome. She sent something on Insta or something and said, you know, just champion whatever God's placed in your life, blah, blah, blah. Sorry, Belsie, I realise I could get in trouble for this one. It's okay. But you know, my spirit, it wasn't as good as Bell's. I had my phone out. I remember exactly where I was. I was writing an email to the principal, going, you guys are a joke. And I went, no, no, that's ridiculous. He's a good guy. But I still had to deal because of certain criticisms of us and of me, mainly, over time from churches other than ours that might not get everything we do and understand. And, uh, and I found myself, my heart getting hard towards other churches. How does that happen? We're on the same team. We're going to share eternity together. And I had to determine that the valley for me, the valley of Baca was not going to, because I'll pass through it, that moment will pass, but that my spirit wouldn't stay there and I'm going to change it as I go. And so here's what I say every time I hear something about anything. I love the church everywhere. I love the church. I do love the church. I love the church when they disagree with me. I love the church when actually they've got faulty theology. As long as they're going to heaven, I prefer it wasn't. And some people listening to this will say, well, we prefer yours wasn't too. That's all right, good. I love the church. I love it everywhere. Do you see how that immediately begins to change my spirit? I found myself, when I was telling you the Bella story, I found myself getting worked up just telling you. And then I say, I love the church everywhere. And my spirit shifts, and I'm just telling the story. Yeah. So it's so powerful. So when we go through the valley of Baca, what are we going to make it as we go? And so you and I get the chance to change it. When you walk into work tomorrow, no matter what's going on, you get the chance to change it. When I go about my week, where I go, we get the chance to change it. We get to make a difference. And so what will we make it as we pass through it? And then finally it says, they go from strength to strength until they appear before God in Zion. The valley's never meant to be the end of the story. Your valley, my valley, as we pass through, we can emerge two ways. We can emerge through it smoke covered on our knees, just surviving, or we can emerge through it having lived with faith, having held on to hope, being full of love, and we can emerge, emerge through it stronger, 
made by it. You know, a resolve in our story. Last story as I wrap. This is what I mean. I was coming down the mountain back from um, up on the hill at lunchtime today. And I was coming down the mountain, the hills, not a mountain, the Moonbi Range. In 2007, I remember stopping late at night on the top of the Moonbi Range in the middle of winter. I'd given up my well-paid job because I felt like God wanted to build a church. I was in my borrowed 19, my brother's 1977 Holden Road Aya that he'd given me. Had no aircon. I was literally wrapped in blankets as I drove. My fingers would poke out the ends. It was freezing cold. I'm driving. I'm right at the top, right before you drop down. You know where I mean, where the trucks stop. I was right there. I got a text from Bron. I couldn't text it back because I had no money on my phone. I pulled over. And she'd said what, how much money we needed to find for our business in those days before Friday. There was no way of finding it. I couldn't answer the phone because I had no credit on the phone. I had enough petrol to get home, but not to the next job. And on Friday, they're going to call it in. And because of the light, the interior light in my car couldn't work, I grabbed a pen, I grabbed a pad. I got out in the headlight of my 1977 Rodeo on the top of the Moonby Range and I wrote, God, this is my Job moment. I am in a deep, deep valley. Didn't hear from heaven. Nothing changed in the moment. That week, you know, for the first time ever, only time ever, cash arrived in the mail. Cash. Who even deals in cash? Cash arrived in the mail from people not in our church. It wasn't like I stood up and told everyone what was going on. And if you think about that day, I stopped there just the other day, driving my nice near new van, three kids, great church, building buildings, homes. On my way back from a church that we're helping turn around, on a way to a church that we're about to launch and going, how did we get here? But in the valley of Baca, it needed a confession of faith. Wherever you find yourself tonight, something can shift, something can change, something can happen. The valley doesn't need to dictate, but we can dictate to it as we move through it and as we move out of it and go from strength to strength until all of us appear before God in that great and glorious day, in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you stand with me? Why don't you close your eyes just for a moment? We're going to end with this prayer. We're not going to sing tonight. Just close your eyes just for a moment. Heavenly Father, thank you for every person in this room tonight. We've either been through a valley, we're moving towards a valley, or we're in one. On our way to strength and strength, on our way to favour, valleys are going to come our way, God. And so tonight I commit every person to you. We just surrender and say, God, have your way in our life. And for people in a valley tonight, Lord, I just pray you'd speak to them from these words found in Scripture. You'd take the stories of your faithfulness in my own life and that you would inspire something and build a resolve into theirs. God, may the valley not cause them to smell of smoke, but may the valley Lord, be the refining pot of who they're becoming. May the valley be the place where they can truly say, God was with me 
He walked through me. And God, we pray, Lord, as they emerge through the valley, that they would be set up to go from strength to strength in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring faith or a follower of Jesus, there is a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued, and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to northwestchurch.com.au. And thanks again for listening.